Hello, this is Lisa Russick and Misty Lord with the podcast. We are all psychic. And today we have an amazing guest named Barbara. Barbara, would you like to say hello? Hello. And uh, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. They all out there going, hello, 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 hello. hello. And who knows, maybe even Albert Einstein's spirit out there is like, maybe, maybe. maybe. What are the odds? You have to ask him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, we have a question for you, Barbara. Yes. Ask her the question. Sure. Barbara. Do you think that we're all psychic? I do. Oh, so how did you get there? Yes. She said yes. She do. Because <laughs> the the work that I've been doing with Albert Einstein to bring through these maps of human consciousness and unified field theories actually has a component of our sort of spiritual anatomy is called intuition with a capital I. And it's a part of everybody's makeup, everybody's spiritual makeup. Whether we know how to use it, that's a different thing. But right. it's there innately, and it's a part of how we function just to it be is. humans. It is. And anyone who could say intuition is any different than psychic, I guess they just are having semantic issues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, everyone accepts it's intuition. They all say yes. You know, mother's intuition and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. They, they, we all agree that that exists. So. Yeah. So yes, that's absolutely. Right, I think so. Like, uh, have you always been around that kind of mindset all your life, or did you like change your mind and learn about this stuff? Actually, you know, I I started out very very young as uh, in music. So oh. I started teaching myself to play piano when I was about five, yeah. and then writing music when I was about twelve or thirteen. And yeah. it was kind of, it was very supernatural in that. I said I I felt like I went out into outer space and was listening for the song and I would hear the first part of it and I'd, you know, bring it through and then I'd play that and I'd play another bit of it and I'd hear and listen. So that's really the same way that uh, that when I started to channel uh, how how I describe how that went. When did that start for you? When did you like practice? Did you just start or did you? Well, you know, I, I started to see a psychic when I was in high school and not because, and that was decades ago. And that was not because I was looking for a psychic, but um, my, my friend's mom happened to be a psychic and gave readings. And one of my friends said, Hey, you got to come and see what Mike's mom does. (laughs) What does Mike's mom do? And she, (laughs) would go uh, she had this beautiful picture of Jesus behind her and she would completely go away she said she didn't remember anything that was said and she would come through these beautiful messages of love and compassion and for me they were talking about my music and how I was going to heal the world traveling around healing them so I knew what it was but then it was 1987 uh, so I started channeling at 16. I must, it's been about whatever. Uh, uh, started writing music when I was 12. Anyway, uh, in 1987 is when spontaneous automatic writing happened to me. Yeah. How'd that happen for you? Did so you I down and start. No, I was writing a letter to my friend and it was kind of a judgmental letter telling her, you know, cause we, I was fighting all the time with people just <laughs> sounds like me now right? <laughs> just looking for a fight sometimes and I was writing this letter telling her how bad it was to make judgments right yeah it's make so judgment. yeah <laughs> and but suddenly I'm, not great. I'm typing these words that are saying yes because when you make judgments you close down your perception like a lens closing down and you only see a very small part of the whole picture. 
And that can, uh, you, do you remember writing it or was it just there? Right? No, I, it's, yeah, I remember I, I still have these papers too. I still oh, have the letter. Cool. And so I started doing a question and answer, you know, questioning because also I was a fan of Jane Roberts. She channeled Seth and uh, Edgar Casey. He channeled. Oh, my mom Ashley, loves him. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so this wasn't a stretch, but that I was doing it and I was like, well, who, who are you? And the answer was sound. Cool. And to, to me who used to go into the, well, was still writing music, going into the, the outer space and hearing music, it, it made sense to me, but they told me a whole lot of things about how my life was going to change and I'd going to be going on this mission. And I don't even know what I thought, thought it meant. Yeah. Right? How <laughs> old? Like, you said that was 1987? Yeah. So that was okay. maybe 32. I was maybe 32. And um, I had been reading tarot cards. So I, you know, I was very familiar with psychic stuff, but uh, I thought after writing, it took me about a year before I thought, well, maybe I can talk like Eunice did, like, like Mike's mom did. Yeah. So and I went, I went to a party one day and uh, I said, look, you guys, this weird thing is happening. I don't know what I'm doing, but here's what it is. I want to try to like channel. I don't know. We didn't call it channeling. I want to try to do this. And there was one guy in the back who was like totally sarcastic and skeptical. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just bet. And I said to him, look, I don't care if you believe it or not. I really, I'm not here to prove it, but just be respectful. Like, don't like mock me while I'm trying to do this, if you wouldn't mind. And yeah. he was like, yeah, okay. Good for you. And I closed my eyes and there was like this, it was almost like a wind coming from my, up from the toes up through my body. And I just started to speak and talking to people individually my eyes were closed and when it was all done i opened up my eyes and people were weeping and they're like oh wow. God, what you said you know remember what you said or did, did you feel like that's one of the spirit takes over kind of things or or yeah it happens yeah that? Wow. yeah yeah so that that was the beginning of me becoming a a professional a channel. psychic channel oh, wow. yeah and offer offering that services to people and you know, I gave, I gave two free readings to two of my friends and said, if this is of value, feel free to pass my number along. I think I charged $25 or something and yeah. people started coming. It's just great. So, so um, you know, Missy, you got a question? Well, how did, okay, so we're channeling now. So tell us, how did, did Einstein come into the picture? Yes, listeners. Well, he, he didn't come <laughs> in right away. Okay. Uh, what, what happened was in 1993, I thought, you know what? I want to do a group. I want to channel a group like Jane Roberts or Esther Hicks or people who chant. What would, what would these voices say in a group? And by the way, Eunice always described it as she was an antenna, that she would just pick up this higher information yeah. and tell you. There was no dead people or spirits right. or angels. So when I wanted to do this group, I just wanted to know what these voices would would say to a group of people. None yeah. of my clients seemed too very interested. And one day a referral showed up, Teresa McMillan, and she sent about six other women over the course of the next few months. And then she sent her best friend, Kim Phelps. And when Kim came, everything changed because she took her recording home of her reading. She transcribed it. And then she called me back and said, well, what does this mean? 
And what does this mean? No one had and ever. Withdrew it? Well, yeah, they, they started to come to my to my gigs. And so on our breaks, we would sit and talk about what they were saying. What, what, what does it mean when they say um, self-love or empowerment or these things? Yeah. So these are and, new terms then. I guess a lot of people never. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I hadn't heard these terms until like maybe 2010 for like most people using them, mm-hmm. like self-love and self-nurturing and all this kind of stuff that people started around 2010, 2012. And of course, 2020 hit and everybody's learning. <laughs> Everybody is. Right. right. <laughs> and this being, I think, the year of self-love, this yeah. 2023. That makes it easier. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, um, so I think probably about the same time, we both had the same realization where I, I said to myself, here's my group. And they said to themselves, oh, my gosh, we've got these five other women and us. Maybe Barbara would come and have some wine with us and whatever. <laughs> and so we had our very first group channel in, in uh, December of 1993. And it's from that that everything, everything has come from. And when they asked, Kim and Teresa said, who are you? They said, you can call us angels. Mm. And I was... I don't know. It wasn't, didn't, I was an antenna. There was never any, anything else like that, but okay. I'm a little skeptical, but let's wait and see. And also what they were telling us was so divine. It was so compassionate and so deeply insightful that I felt like it, it could have been angels. Yeah. And not, not, not just the, you know, sort of airy fairy. We all have to think loving thoughts, but really compassionate language in the face of some hard, hard topics and yeah. Hard wow. truths. Yeah. yeah. Things that you couldn't have come up with yourself. Yeah. And, and you don't remember it until afterwards and they will tell well, you. No, I was remembering. Oh, you were. Oh, you start. Yeah. Okay. This time you're remembering now. Yes. Okay. Now, oh, now I was remembering. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they these angels told us that they were here. They had this revolutionary new process they needed to teach people about how to resolve conflict in this revolutionary way. And it wasn't that they were going to ask us to work for world peace. It was that their theory was if people could do this and resolve their inner conflicts in this way that they were going to show us that the byproduct would be world peace that it would naturally manifest as within, so without, that if enough people could really, uh, and but they didn't know because they needed to test it. And you had to have real conflict. You couldn't like play the part of somebody in, you Yeah, know, you have to really like, put it to work. What, what, what was the, do you remember what their advice was for the conflict? Oh yeah, it's the whole, um, it's the whole process that I've been training for decades now called conflict revolution. Oh, cool. mm. And um, but the but we did six master sessions, the three of us back then, the first groups, six master sessions. And those were the six kind of steps to peace that they they outlined. And then the three of us did just a whole bunch of triad sessions and some other sessions. And as we learned how to resolve our conflicts in the first book that we published, Diaries of a Psychic Sorority, Talking with the Angels. Oh. It's our diaries it's, and it's our diaries. And it's, it's, it's the, uh, for our first fight, <laughs> our first real legit fight and how we went and got the transcripts of that particular uh, session and read, if you are involved in a conflict, the root of your part is within you. 
And that was revolutionary to me. Yeah. I, you know, I was a blamer and a victim, victim. I, you know, I, and, yeah. and like what it's inside me. And so, so that book, when we published it, led us to get a literary agent. And she called me up one day and said there was a tabloid in London, like a paranormal tabloid, that was looking for an interview with Princess Di on the one-year anniversary of her death from beyond the grave. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to say because, I mean, the dead people by then were coming to me. I was able to communicate with people who had passed on and other people in Alzheimer's states and autistic people. So so I'd never actually thought of going to a famous dead person. And (laughs) what, what? So I thought, okay, I'll try it. I'll, I'll see. And I channeled the questions and the answers just typing. And then I printed it off and went and read it and just wept. It was so oh, profound. And it, what would it say? Yeah. Yeah, well, it talked it talked a lot of different things. It talked really in depth about her relationship with Dodie and how like she was in this place where she didn't want to be worshipped. Right. She didn't want to be royalty. That. She didn't want that. And everywhere she went, you know. Yeah. Right. It was terrible for her to and here he was from that culture, right? From from the um, Middle Eastern culture that has a really particular way that you relate to women in the first place. And then he was just enamored of her. I mean, she was a, she was Princess Di. Princess Diana. Yeah. So that night at the restaurant, they were having these conversations about how are we going to how are we going to resolve this? And they they kind of came to this compromise and this truce about, you know, OK, I can't stop you from worshiping me, but you got to understand that I'm going to be this way. And and so when they left, she talks about how when you get into that position of fame and notoriety, that you get this idea that like you can outrun the paparazzi like, oh, it's it becomes kind of a. It wasn't a game, but there was some kind of play in that. It's like, yeah, let's just outrun them. Yeah, let's and, show them. Yeah. 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 And we're it, and there's a, this unrealistic elevation of fame. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she talked about how she she left and then was like, oh, no. And then came back and she saw herself there. She was still alive. And thinking about her children and not wanting to let go of her children. She talked about her children and what they're going to, what she sees them coming into, which I think is really interesting that it really kind of did come to play years later when we see Harry and William. But her last message was, I'm here to say, make peace. And the idea is if 40 million people who love her, hear her from beyond the grave saying, the most important thing is to make peace. She said, we're all stars in heaven. Yes. And, and, and so I was overwhelmed with the message. Wow. And um, the tabloid flew me out to New York City and we spent five hours and filmed me in front of the St. Regis where Elton John apparently wrote Candle in the Wind. And, blah, blah, blah. and uh, they didn't want the interview. And I do. I published it. This was my, this was my next book was party of 12, the afterlife interviews. Okay. Because after that, after that, after they didn't want it. And now years later I see, because they were looking for Charles and Camilla information. 
They wanted uh, that. No, they're not getting what they want. Out of no. Her. And, and think her. about her. She was not even going to mention their names. No. Yeah. And That's I, how you I, knew it was her because she wasn't going to go there. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my, my agent and I sat down and, and, and she said, well, what, what if we made a list of famous people we want to talk to and see what you, you know, it's like, okay. So I'd imagine in my head, I'd go to Elvis. You That's know, what I was going to say. The king. <laughs> and he, he said he had gotten enough trouble already. And uh, <laughs> uh, Mother Teresa, she was tired. Oh, and, I bet she's tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine, man. Yeah. And then the, the second person was Nicole Brown Simpson. Oh, that's a good one. And that was really interesting where she talked about the influences of the, I don't know if you call it racism or reverse racism or whatever kind of racial dynamics that, that OJ grew up with and then went into the, you know, the white dominant society and had to get ahead. He felt like he had to play this game with, but that festered this anger in him. And I mean, it was so complex and, and uh, really deep. And plus, I I always thought, oh, you die and you go into this peaceful place. And she's like, oh, not when you leave your children behind having been murdered by their father. No, you don't do that. But I'm working. Wow, really? Because I was thinking the same thing. I don't. That's what I thought, too. But in the end, I thought she's really the one that's teaching us about forgiveness. You know, she's the one who has to figure out how to forgive and accept. she had to figure it out. Yeah. She's still yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah. So, so that was That's really interesting. interesting. And then John Kennedy, that was also very interesting. Everything he says now has come out about when he said how he was killed. It's all just now come out about the CIA and everything. So that was, but when we got to him, he told us, we'll be telling you who's coming now from now on. You don't have to guess. Oh, or, you have to pick one. They will just come. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, Jackie O was up. Of course. Yes. And then Albert Einstein. Oh, so that's why we are. Yeah. Yeah. We are excited about this. Very excited about the listeners and watchers. Barbara is going and she's offered to channel Albert Einstein for us on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have, she said we had to have some questions and I I have the question I'd like to go first, if that's okay with you. Okay. Do do you want to channel now? Now, do you want to? Are you ready? Well, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'll i take a moment just to, you know, get okay. into my, my headspace. Right, yeah. If you want to go now, then let's yeah, just let's do it. Thank you. I'll just take a few deep breaths and turn inward to where we can connect with that non-physical place that we're, we all share in that realm of spirit in our eternal place. And we will command that only the most divine light shine down upon us at this time. Yes. And let the greatest good be present here. Yes. So if you have questions. Uh, hello, Mr. Dr. Albert Einstein. I'm not sure if you're a doctor or a mister. I would like okay. to know if you think we're all psychic on humans who are living and everything that's living. Oh, my. Absolutely. Yes. Thank it's, you very much. That was yes. the first question I had. So the spirit of Albert Einstein does think we're all psychic, Missy. Good. So how did you get to that conclusion? Dr. Well, the development of my articulation of the unified fields and these maps of human consciousness that I have worked to deliver through the years via Barbara's channeling 
were things that I did not have access to when I was living. I never did understand what that unified field was. But after I left my body and uh, experienced the transition into afterlife and began to explore what the uh, sort of the rules of afterlife were of the nature of this non-physical world, I began to put the pieces together from from this side of what how humans can have this human experience, how the universe is manifest. And in that exploration, one of the first things that I discovered was that you can't have a unified field, uh, explanation or theory, whatever you're going to call it, without writing into it the nature of human consciousness. Okay. Yes. What do you think the nature of human consciousness is or what have you found it to be? It is, first of all, that uh, compassion, a very specific explanation of compassion with a capital C, is what we call the fifth fundamental force of the universe. So if you know anything about science or may not, there are four fundamental forces that are responsible for organizing the manifestation of the universe, of what you experience in the physical world. Electromagnetics, gravity, strong nuclear force, and weak nuclear force. But compassion, with a capital C, is the intelligence that uses the four fundamental forces to impel the creation of matter one step at a time. So it's, it's basically, you could call it God or the creator or the divine intelligence, whatever it is. We use compassion with a capital C because there's three things that compassion does to those four fundamental forces. First of all, it, it creates like a compass that draws circles. It creates circular membrane domains, we call them, which, which create, uh, the compilation of your consciousness. So each of you have at your root in the source your own compilation. It contains all the mathematics of your whole life, of your whole life experience, of the entire universe, of everything you're going to experience while you're sitting there in Alabama in 2023. All of that mathematics starts in that root uh, compilation of consciousness. So it's compassion impels energy to create these, these particles, these compilations. And the second thing it does is then it aligns those compilations to true north on the earth because the our origins of everything is literally located in the center of the earth. The source the void, the zero point gravity is all located in the center of the earth. And so when compassion impels energy to step out of nothing and create this one point that's you, then it, it aligns you like a compass, like north and south and east and west to the electromagnetic field of the earth, you see, so that you're all on the same map. You all have the same key and legend to the map that you're on and latitude and longitude and space and time. And the third thing that compassion does is it, it connects your acknowledgement that you are all one being, even though there are many fractals and facets of that one wholeness, you are all one being. And in that, uh, 
uh, structure in that operating system that's that has that as its root, there's what we call three human dimensions. And these are the three dimensions that are needed in order for you to have this human experience different from the chair or the tree or the computer. And these three human dimensions are emotion, intuition, and intellect. And intuition is indeed that part of those dimensions in this operating system that gives you the next most advantageous step for the good of the whole, always. It's always impelling for the greater good. It's always impelling you to take steps or sometimes it's subconscious. It's impelling your heart to beat uh, or, or for you to breathe that you don't think about, but it's an impelling. And it's really when that energy gets then into the intellect which contains the ego and the free will, unfortunately, mm -hmm. is contained in the ego. And yeah. so it's the ego that makes the decisions, but intuition can still be absolutely impelling you to do for the, to work for the greatest good, but intellect can decide not to. Yes, that is very well said. Intellect can also decide to do it. <laughs> yes. Well, I have, I have a question. Um, um, there's so many questions I have, but I think the basic thing I want to know is if you were to tell us one thing about here on earth that, that you didn't know while you were here, that we need to know while we are here, what would it be? It would be that you have the uh, potential in this evolution of consciousness to become aware of how to have mastery over these three human dimensions. And if there were one thing that I would tell all humans is that emotion and intellect have always been wedded. They, how many times when, you, when you're triggered to a deep feeling, do you say, somebody says, how do you feel? And you say, I feel sad because there's been all of these things that have gone on and this last year and that tomorrow, I don't know. And there's, there's a, there's a huge difference between the intellectual articulating of a feeling of an emotion and actually experiencing the breadth and depth of emotion. Okay. Because in the, in the take away the, the human uh, aspect of it, and it's just that when this wave that's flowing from the center of the planet and flowing up to the surface to create the lens in your physical body, which is projecting and then perceiving the universe is coming, everything's coming through you. It all starts within you. Um, when it's, when it's flowing up in order to have that chair, there's some part of the emotional body organ that is programmed to be that chair within you. Mm -hmm. And it moves up and in, in intuition is born, go be a chair, it says. And then your intellect says, oh, that is a chair. It's brown. It's in this latitude, in this longitude. And it defines. So a part of having the a human experience is this kind of projection and that emotion marries itself to the intellect to become those things that you see in the world. However, when there's emotion coming up, 
and it's maybe it's darker or it's it's uncomfortable and it's triggering these thoughts about potentials in the past and projecting onto other people and making up stories. That's what creates those conflicts as well. So when you can pull them apart and treat them differently, like an intellect and, and the emotion are as different as the heart and the lungs, they each have different jobs to do. If your lungs are hurting, you do, you do, you treat them one way. If your heart is hurting, you treat it a different way. And what people don't know, the revolutionary part we really feel of this work is when you can feel the entire spectrum of emotion without having it tie itself into thoughts that then project stories on, onto your, Ooh, I love into that. your lens. Yes. That's so feeling and breathing, moving it through your body, and then how you deal with your intellect, that's a different skill set, right? How do you reduce the fluctuation of your thinking? How do you uh, redirect? How do you master that thought process and keeping those yeah. separate? Yeah, yeah that, it's all about mastering your thought process. So let's just say, for example, if you know, I want to be a successful person in what I'm doing. I have to actually envision that and and see it as already happening in order for it to happen. Or how does that work? Not necessarily. There certainly is a intentional process of uh, we call it intention, vision, and manifestation of right. things that you want to manifest. But oftentimes. Intuition, which is connected to your source, which is so much greater than what your human mind can can organize into understanding, really, this part of God within you has a much greater plan for you than what you might think that you want to get. I have a and, question, Doctor. Uh, yes, Doctor. I'm still not sure what <laughs> oh, to call you, Al. Al. Al um, what do you, what was, would your advice to kind of integrate the intuition with the mental plane to where they work together and don't mis misrepresent each other? I guess the mental wouldn't misrepresent the emotional. How would you advise towards that? Be aware all the time of what we're thinking, monitor our thoughts or... Yes. And in, in conflict revolution, which we take you through the step-by-step -step instructions on exactly how to do that, uh, one of the most important is to, is to develop a witness of self. Okay. Uh, every day to be able to step into a witness. And what you're, what you're looking to witness uh, through the course of a day is what you're purely feeling, the I am of your feeling, which you could locate in your solar plexus to yeah. death. What is intuition impelling you to do? And that is located in your heart. And then what's going on in your intellect, which is located in your head. So when you're, for example, you're standing in line at the supermarket and there's someone in the express lane with far too many items and you're in a hurry and you're standing there making puffing sounds with your mm -hmm. thinking, why doesn't it making judgmental? You stop, you step into your witness, you take a breath. And first of all, you move whatever feeling that is that the, the uh, anxiety or the impatience, just purely the I am to start at breathing. It's not attached to anything. And then you observe, what are you thinking? Oh, look at me making all these judgments about this person in front of me. Mm -hmm. 
What if instead, instead of spending time in line, jacking up my anxiety, what if I slowed down, took some breaths, released some of that emotion, and then observe that person? Who is that person? What, what, do they, what do they have back home that they're dealing with? How can we Where help that person? Yes. Yeah. In what way can I help? And at the very least, helping, it means not projecting your emotion and then your thoughts onto them about judgments about who they are. At the oh, very least. I love that. So, Al, would you say if we were all to embrace this attitude, have, a, have an observer of ourselves and our thoughts and monitoring putting the mind and the emotions together. Um, we Would you suggest this might bring us all to a more peaceful, everyone on the planet to a more peaceful place? Is yes, that, a- absolutely. Is that what everybody wants for us in the spirit world? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. We'll get there. You think we'll get there, Al? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I want to know what, what, you know, looking at this place right now in this world that we're in right now, I know it's a lot different compared to where, when you were alive as a human, what, what do you see, you know, happening if something doesn't change? Well, the possibility exists that humankind can go extinct at this point. Mm -hmm. That is a possibility. And because what resists persists, we're suggesting that instead of resisting that reality, to be able to say, you know what, we we could we could create that. But let's choose not to. Yes. Yes. Let's Let's start to choose a different way. Yeah. Well how can we how can we do that? Like how can well, we and I start doing? Yeah, that? how can we do like that? One, as, one as person, everyday, how can yeah. one person start doing that? Right. Well, and the, these are the beginning steps because if you take the, the the unified field that we're talking about here, that when you when you align to compassion, which means you're letting your emotions flow freely, all of them too. Don't buy into any of that. You shouldn't feel anger. You shouldn't let anger trigger thoughts that then make you act in Purple. retaliatory mm-hmm. ways but hurt you yeah you yeah, need anyhow. to feel mm-hmm. the whole the whole gamut of every emotion that you have and think of it like when you have uh the color spectrum if you took out the color red you wouldn't have the colors that that, that you have on the planet right now so you need yeah. everything so that's the first thing is to let that flow then in that comes the intuition, the next most advantageous step. And then comes what are we going to do with those intellectual thought processes? How are we going to reduce the thinking of the mind? And when you do that on a microcosm, microcosmic level, so it's just for you, it's just, this is self-love. This is taking care of your emotions. This is listening to the intuition. This is taming the intellect. That is the highest form of self-love and and creates this alignment to the source and compassion and source energy flowing through you. And if you're working that way, intuition is going to lead you exactly where you need to, to go to advance the uh, good of all for the good mm-hmm. of all. And if you're making decisions based on your intuition for the good of all, it's starting with yourself and self-loving. That's right. Yeah, it is. 
Yes. Then oh, you, know, you change your you change your microcosmic world. You're going to change your relationships to people. But what we're saying right now is that because the world is in this place, we want to call out to the participation of the willing who are willing to do this as a way to say when that energy is aligned within you. You don't have to know what to do except what your intuition tells you because now you're going to be able to manifest greater miracles and good through you without going directly into the realm of the conflict and the lens. It's going to happen naturally because as within, so without. Oh, so true. Thank you so much, Al. And um, I, I will let you go back to wherever you may go. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you're exhausted from talking so much. Uh, thank you very much, though. Yes, really thank you very much. And Barbara's back. It looks yes. Lovely. Oh, thank you, Barbara. Uh, that, that was, was so wonderful. fun. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, it's so brilliant. It's always so brilliant. Just yeah, and just yeah, if you can pass on to him how grateful we are that he was willing to come through on the podcast. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Do you remember what he said? Uh, for now, like you, like you do. Okay, and it'll you be know. on a recording though. So yeah. you'll <laughs> exactly. <remember> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it a few times. It was a very, brilliant. very good conversation. Very it, it was, and I hope everybody can really listen to this and take a piece of it with them, and at least think about you know trying to be good to other people to yourself and first. being yeah. and and even the thing about the supermarket and and yeah. feeling compassion for that person in front of you. Maybe they're going through the toughest time in their life. You yeah. don't know that. If everybody could do that, yeah. just that one thing, gosh, we would have such a better world. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're so, we're so divided right now. Yes. That, that's what scares me. That's why I was asking those questions. And I think what I'm finding is that as I get more and more proficient and the world gets crazier and crazier, and I'm more and more challenged to be this peacemaker in this way, I'm more able to go into situations with you know how it is. You've got a relative or a friend who has suddenly gone off the deep end, whatever, whatever it is, whatever side it is, you know, there's a deep end to both sides. <laughs> yeah, and it, you, yeah, you can't say anything because then you're a conspiracy theorist. There's no conversations to be had. Mm-hmm. The challenge for me and that's so exciting is to get in that neutral state. You know, he's talking about aligning to true north. If you look on a compass, true north is zero degrees. So that that very neutral state and go in with this open mind and this breathing, owning my emotions. I'm not going to they're going to trigger me, but I'm not going to project them on. I'm, and I'm going in there intentionally to see how can I be a peacemaker here? Yeah. 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 You know, because do you want to be right or do you want to make peace? Because I want to make peace. Yeah. And we'll get different results depending on what we want to do. And sometimes I, yeah, I get in those places. I spent most of my life trying to prove that I was right. Oh yeah. (laughs) Haven't we all? Yeah. Yeah. But, but now that I'm self-loving, I don't need that external validation for you to tell me that I'm right. Yeah. And now that you're doing that, everything is falling into place with you in your life. Correct. Yes. Kind of what he was saying, you know, when I asked him, how do you get to that point, you know, to be basically the best person that you can be, that's what it's about is is having the compassion and um then everything else will come to you yeah well, and we forget that and thinking thinking like I, I took a lot for for me personally to have compassion with my thoughts towards myself that are not yes positive yes first yes <laughs> and then other people you know if i'm f- feeling like ah 
you know, angry and I'm not really sure why. Like, I like I make assumptions, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people do. I'll make an assumption and it's a negative one and maybe that's not really what's happening. So step back and look at those assumptions. Yes. Thank you for that. And try to change it. Work on. I listen to this podcast a lot. So um, <laughs> right now I would like to thank our sponsor, Everclear. Everclear is an advice app and a website, everclear.com, where you can get advice from psychics and empaths. So you can get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve. And uh, lastly, uh, or not lastly, I have a few more things, Barbara. Where can listeners find you? Do you have any website or anything like that? I do. I have a bunch of social media. Um, I've got a website, Barbara With, and my last name is W-I-T-H, like the preposition, Barbara With. I also have Synergy Alliance. Dot LLC, and that's everything. That's all the books. That's the whole entire library. Yes. It's all the services, the readings. And then I also have Party of One Two dot com party of 12 which was my my website for probably a decade so there's just archives on there of and i have so much free i also have a youtube channel barb with uh just so much information that's free and accessible that i wish people would go and explore and make use of and and, uh, and, listener, and listeners and watchers, I will put this in the description of the podcast and you can just like go on through and find her stuff, find out about all this wisdom she's acquired from. And you can book a reading, too, if you'd like. Yeah. I've got a uh, two yeah. for one on. Are you, uh, are you on Instagram, too? I'm not. But, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Psychic on Twitter? Sorority on Twitter. Okay. okay I'll, yeah, we'll get, the, we'll get all your places. They can find you. Uh, there's places that you're connecting through. such a joy you are yeah you're great and do you have any oh. um advice for listeners who maybe they are starting to channel for the first time and they're not real sure about if it's really happening or not and how would you give they have to find that validation within plus practice but how would you suggest that they find that for themselves one of the things that was really helpful when i was learning cards tarot cards and also getting readings from eunice is that i would do a spread with a very uh, of tarot with a very specific question and I'd write it all down and then I would write down what I thought it meant like oh this is what I think is going to happen and then I would set it aside and then I would go through however much of life to see oh what did that really mean yeah and that way I was able to kind of start to get a feel between because we have this idea that we 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 hear the you know the prediction or the future focused thing and then we want to project Yes. And does that get in the way? So that was a good way to do it. And also that, you know, there's a, there's a, I had to go through a lot of training in the beginning. I had to go through a lot of mistakes and readings where my ego got in the way and kind of muck stuff up and you have to learn from them. You have to go through it and learn from them and be really um, like, I am a servant to the greatest good. And that's no. a real good uh, practice at forgiving yourself and not seeing yourself as, you know, having to be perfect. Yeah. And a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves mm-hmm. in, 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 you know, working with energy and working with cards or anything to be great at it right away. And if they aren't, they feel pretty bad. And it's I've hard, yeah. spoken with, or, you know, who they talk about when they first started out on the podcast, building that like internal validation you know for themselves before they don't have to find it anywhere else getting that ego out yeah and it's also yep. I think working with friends and people who can say well actually yeah. you know and they're good advice and they yeah. won't be like oh, i messed it up you know right that's good <laughs> it's advice. like a good way to do it mm-hmm. with people who are open-minded and want to work on that compassionate side i would say and try to integrate your 
the behavior mm-hmm. thinking, the trained thinking into a compassionate way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, if you ever want to come back and channel again, we would love welcome. it. We'd love oh, it. I will absolutely come back. You guys, Please. thank you so much. And keep up your good work too. Cause we're we trying. We have a lot yeah. of podcasts coming up this week. So we're trying. Just we're just going to let the greater good take over. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it will happen. Barbara, yeah. thank you again. And Miss, I love you. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> and we went Barbara, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners and watchers, we love you as always. Yes, we do. We love you. We love you. We love you. And uh, have a great day wherever you may be. Peace out. Bye. Bye.